With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Smash or Pass, Episode 3, part of the Smash Accept Network of Podcasts. Guys, I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter, at Dynasty underscore DadFF. We finally got the tea kettle out of the way. We got everything set up. Mike and I are ready to bring you some, some great action with our first guest, which is somebody you guys are already familiar with. But welcome my co-host, Mike Lamoureux. That's at Fantasy Nerd Boy. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Tea's all out of the way. Um, I know that we're tackling the 23 class compared to the 22 class, and that's something that I, I get asked about a lot as far as how I'm going to compare the 107 to Olave or you know the 106 to Wilson and stuff like that. So um, I'm excited to kind of get that in motion and, and put you know the, the 23 picks to faces, you know, to kind of compare and contrast. And um, it's a really fun thing to do, especially before the draft. Yeah, and this is an exciting time because we get to look at that, right? So, I mean, right now, one through five are looking pretty set. The rest of the stuff's getting a little bit more fluid, but it's what we're trying to do is bring you that action where you're saying, okay, we know where Garrett Wilson is. We know what he's available to do. Who compares to that area, you know? And I put out a thread with a, a value thread. We got over... 5,000 votes across all of them, which is going to give you guys a nice idea of what Twitter thinks these guys are worth versus what we're telling you. And nobody better to bring on than, uh, you know, you guys are familiar with him. He's obviously our, our co-host at Smash Except. Mung, welcome to Smash or Pass Podcast. How you doing? Hey, hey, uh, glad to be here. It's uh, it's going to be fun. I think uh, I've listened to the first couple of your guys' podcasts and uh, certainly some of the things I don't always agree with, but from a broad perspective, I think there's a lot of good strategy talk. And this is the time prior to the NFL draft, prior to the rookie drafts, where you can make some value trading for or away, you know, these highly valued 2023 first round rookie picks. So I, I think this is a good discussion that a lot of people have been, have been wondering about comparing 2022 rookies heading into their second year versus those highly anticipated 2023 class. And I think it's an always a good exercise that we do. That way you guys can compare things. And, you know, we talk, Mung, we talk a lot how Dynasty is so cyclical and we get so excited for that incoming class. And we always seem to be like, you know what, let's start pushing last year's class back and get excited for these. And the biggest thing I'm seeing right now is, man, these this 22 wide receiver rookie class, you know, is is one of the best that I can remember in a long time, you know, like we were talking, we were advocating quite a bit that after 108, you know, you should start moving in, start looking into those random 23 first. But I mean, the wide receiver class has shown out aside from Jamison Williams, who we're going to talk about, you know, like it is, it is the talk. Mike, you talked about it. Like I get 
at least 10 DMs a day where people are asking me about one of these guys out of that 22 class. And you're doing startups left and right. And these guys, their value just keeps going up and up and up. Yeah, and no, I expect that to, to continue. Um, it's really hard because there's such a shift that happens at all times. You know, the combine's going to happen. Testing is going to come out. Um, you're going to see videos on Twitter. You're going to see people, you know, making fantastic catches, you know, sideline toe touches and, um, you know, just little things that are going to boost the value of these picks higher and higher. Um, so making these comparisons right now, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because, you know, um, people could never fathom trading Kenneth Walker for Najee um, last year at this right. time of the year. That would be insane. You know, nobody would ever think about that. Right. Um, so it's really going to be, you know, to keep that in mind where it's really hard to compare these classes right now um, until we have kind of an idea of their, their transition to the NFL. But well, I think that's, that's a great point. And a lot of people, so they saw the original list, list of, you know, how I had things ranked and people were like, Oh my gosh, you know, like dad, how can you rank, you know, if for instance, how can you have 110, 111 over George Pickens after the season he had? Or how can you have the 108 over Christian Watson where he is? Or how could you have, you know, all these different scenarios? And what we really try to do at Smash Except is, and we're going to have, we're going to have some amazing analysts come on and talk about these rookie classes class over the next couple of weeks. But we're trying to assess who that next guy is. So you can make those insulated trades. You can make those moves and really extract value. And on the flip side, you know, guys like we didn't see a ton from Jamison Williams. We didn't see a ton from Wandale Robinson, you know, because of injuries and things like that. Where can we extract extract value from that as well? So let's just jump right into it because I know once we start talking about these wide receivers, you guys are going to have a ton to say. Um, right now, the, the thing that we did first there is not a guy that in, in this wide receiver class from 22 or 23 that compares with the 101 or 102. You know, right now it's Bijan Robinson, and he's going at the end of the first. Mike, I've seen the earliest I've seen is 109. But the latest I've seen in one is 112. I mean, he's almost a staple of that late first round at this point. Yeah, I actually saw him go 106. Um, my buddy super flex. The screenshot was super flex 106. Whoa. He went before Fields, T-Law. He went before Lamar. Um, he went actually before Chase, you know. So he he went before a lot of guys, and and he sent me the screenshot, and he said, "Hey man, is this what what he's he's going for now? Can I can I go trade him for Chase Plus or you know?" And I was like, "No man, that's not that's not accurate." You know, um, somebody really just wanted a share of yeah of them and. And you, you know, get that yeah. in the early part of startups, right? You get those guys that they're literally joining a startup to get Bijan because they had no shares, you know, and we teach top three, bottom three. So you and I have plenty of shares of them. Mung, um, one thing I've been getting all the time is, and, and John and I talked about it. If you guys haven't heard our rookie pod, we're going to do round two as soon as we're done with this one. But uh, we were talking about at least 50% of the teams that got Bijan Robinson are not prepared to have Bijan Robinson. Like he is a running back who's going to be, you know, we talk about that's that last piece of the puzzle. And one thing, Mung, that I've been advocating is if if you have multiple picks, you know, you got some late 24 firsts, I've been advocating to people, they're like, I'm not quite ready for Bijan. What can I do? And I said, let's let's package Bijan in a late 24 first or Bijan and, you know, a veteran that they don't necessarily need at that running back or wide receiver position for a Justin Jefferson, for a Jamar Chase, for one of those guys that we talk about building around those wide receivers and 
most people I'm saying either do that or try to trade back in this particular rookie draft. But taking a running back at 106 to 112 before he's taken a snap, even though he is my dynasty RB1. Mung, talk to me about some of the pitfalls there and some of the questions I know you've been answering as well. Well, I mean, to start off with, I think I want to mention first and foremost, for those who haven't maybe listened to Smash Accept, uh, that I'm still diving into the 2023 rookie. So I'm using John's rankings because John knows what he's talking about. He watches a ton of college and super knowledgeable. But at the same time, I think from a macro perspective, we have to remember that, again, if you're not looking at specific players and you're just taking these rookie picks as what they are, like mystery boxes, essentially, right? In general, we just know that the value of these picks, especially the 1.01 this year, uh, is going to rise from February to March to April to May. And in general, I think it's fine to trade Bijan for, you know, a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, one of those elite tier players, but you don't have to right now. I right. think the thing is with a lot of these active dynasty leagues where there are constant trades, I, you know, I love trading as much as anyone else, right? Sending out offers, uh, countering, going back and forth. But at the same time, sometimes, especially around this time of year, the smartest thing you can do is just hold, um, you know, right now, perhaps you can trade the 1.01 plus a 2024 second for a Chase or a Jefferson, something along those mm-hmm. lines. I mean, we just saw Chase had a great game against Kansas City, and obviously Jefferson balled out in 2020, excuse me, 2022. But in May, in June, it's not out of the question that in some leagues, you might be able to get Jamar Chase plus for the 1.01. Justin Jefferson plus for the 1.01. It sounds crazy, but we know that every year the hype continues to grow until the NFL draft and then until rookie draft season. And, and so right now, I think really it's kind of like what we talk about in Superflex trading away a Mahomes or Allen, right? You just, you want a haul. And right now we just haven't reached that peak valuation for the 1.01 or, the, or any of the top four or five rookie picks. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I have a question. I'm going to pose it to you, Mike, here. We just saw he's at an area here where if he's going 106 to 112, and now, you know, can that pick go up? And, Mung, I'm not, you know, I'm just playing a little bit devil's advocate, but, I mean, how much more can Bijan's value go up, but can it go down? I mean, let's say he goes to a scenario where he goes into a, a backfield like, you know, I've seen I've seen the Chargers or I've seen Dallas where he's not going to be, you know, he's going to split carries a little bit more. I mean, is there a scenario years past, you know, this year when we when it was Zeke, when it was Saquon, when it was Jonathan Taylor, those guys were second round picks and they slowly started to inch their way up as the 101. This year, we're looking at, at B. John Robinson is that one, we're saying firmly 109 to 112, just like Trevor Lawrence was two years ago going 106 to 112 this time of year. So, I mean, there is that aspect of it too, where you could see them start to slide back a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you you can. I mean, I think not this time last year, but a little bit before this. You know, we were talking about Spiller being close to the one hundred and one. You know, um, so it was. You know, you you anything can change. You know, Chase dropping passes in camp had people trading him away. I I I bought Chase for Miles Sanders. Yeah. You know, 
at the rookie draft. I traded him for miles. I got chase for miles Sanders. So um, just because in camp he was dropping passes and, and people got scared. So, um, you know, there's a reactionary crowd that, that sees those kind of things. And um, it's pretty, you know, it, it's volatile is the best word for it because um, you could see Stroud and Young kind of blow up and you could see them easily slides to 101 um, and, and 102 spots and then have him be the 103. And and with that, you're probably going to see him slide in startups too. But um, it's, it's just there's nothing for sure right now. Um, I always tell people the landscape is constantly changing, you know, um, so it's it's not an easy thing to predict. And, and you, you can't tell. I don't see him ever going before the 106. I, that would be insane, at yeah. least before um, the, the draft. But um, it's, it's good to have that dialogue. I mean, I know it doesn't necessarily go with our show, but we got Mung on here. We wanted to talk about that a little bit. Right now, we, we ran that smash or pass value thread. Garrett Wilson right now I have as the top wide receiver from 2022 uh, at, or even 2023. He doesn't go at the 101, the 102, but Mike, 59% of Dynasty owners said that they would, and this is over 1,000 votes on this one. I mean, like that is a smash except record for how much interaction we're getting. And and Mike, I mean, almost 60% of our listeners are saying they would rather have Garrett Wilson than the 103. Talk to me a little bit about that that value there because, I mean, when we did Smash 7, Garrett Wilson went 302, the 103 went, you know, 205 range. And we are talking about a super flex league. Yeah, and super flex, um, I would never take Wilson over the 103. Um, I, I think even if you know a, a Rodgers came over to the Jets and um, you know he was the starting quarterback over there, I still would probably take the 103 over Wilson. Um, I just I love him. I think anybody that knows me knows that I'm a I'm a big Wilson guy, but I I can't. Um, I can't take him over um, a Stroud, you know, at the 103. It's just that the value of him is just going to go up and up and up. And, um, you know, it just wouldn't make sense as far as Dynasty goes to even think about doing that. We're only two pods in here to this new, and he's been labeled one of our guys. You know, everybody in the Patreon's like talking Garrett Wilson. Everybody keeps messaging me things. I mean, Mung, we're looking at a guy where, you know, the other day I tweeted, I'm going all in and buying high on him as potentially a top five dynasty wide receiver. 83 receptions, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns. During the weeks where it was not not Zach Wilson. He was wide receiver eight overall, you know, and he's in a crowd over a thousand yards with Waddle, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase were the only guys in the last five years to do so. Um, Mung, as far as the values you're seeing right now, we have him 60% of people said they'd rather have him the 103, 87% said they'd rather have him than the 104. What kind of trades are you seeing? And is this a guy that, that you're buying in on? Yeah, I think at that range, it's tough because I agree with Mike in that I don't know that I would take him over Young or Stroud and Superflex. Um, but again, a lot can change, right? We were talking about Malik Willis as the 1.02 uh, or the 1.01 even in Superflex leagues this time last year until yeah. that precipitous fall 
in the NFL draft. So, well, we're trying to buy that next quarterback, right? I mean, you and I did a podcast last week where we're talking about that super flex, super shortage, which is is what really when Mike and I saw that, we're like, whoa, whoa, red flags here a little bit. We love Garrett Wilson, but let's pump the brakes because that quarterback position is very slim. Yeah, and I think it really depends too on where you're projecting some of the 2023 wide receivers to go, right? Because towards the top of the draft, there are a lot of questionable situations. And there's a lot of questions for each of the 2022 top wide receivers, right? I mean, when we, when you're talking about Wilson and, and then London and Olave as well, all three of these teams are kind of in quarterback purgatory, right? So the start of free agency and potentially the NFL draft are, are going to shift those guys quite a bit mm-hmm. because, you know, like you said, if Aaron Rodgers does sign with the Jets, whether or not you value it, you know, as, as a huge rise, Wilson's stock will rise, right? So depending on what you think is going to happen in free agency, maybe you want to hold Wilson right now, even if you're getting the 1.03 and you know that right now you prefer the 1.03, right? Because if Rodgers does go there, then you can probably get the 1.03 plus, plus, plus even, um, just because of that, that, you know, perception that Rodgers is going to make Wilson an elite top three wide receiver in fantasy Um, compared to the other guys. It really depends because again, right now looking at the draft capital of some of these teams, it's hard to project where we expect some of these wide receivers to go. And ultimately that's going to determine, you know, kind of where you slot in Wilson, London, Olave in that one Oh three to one Oh eight or so range. I love that Mung Cause I, last couple of weeks, Mike and I are just like, just exact same things. We're just vibing, repeating each other. And I love that. And you and I talk about it a lot on Smash, except where you and I don't always necessarily agree on players or agree on, but it's the process. And when we get there, iron sharpens iron. And I love those kind of takes because you're, you know, I'm always bullish on what I'm saying, but then sometimes you just ground me back in. And I I like that. Um, The next guy we have on the list. and, And again, we're going by where, where Twitter has and where the rankings are is that 104. So, Firmly, everyone has the 104 slightly. You know, it's it's Drake London, 51%, 104, 49%. Mung, I know you absolutely love Drake London, and what's not to love? I mean, over the, over the last five games of the season, when Ritter took over, you're looking at 9.6 targets per game, three games with 95 yards or more, an absolute alpha. You look at what he did, and it's it's got to be one of the more underrated wide receiver seasons. I mean, you, you didn't hear a ton about it, but 72 for 866 and, and four touchdowns, all of those are top three as far as rookies. 2.7% drop rating, second. 83.2 PFF grade. He was the number one rookie wide receiver in that area. He was your 10, you know, 101, 102 in that whole process. If someone comes to you today and they say, you know what, Mung, I'm going to give you the 104 for Drake London. Are you going to smash or pass? I would lean smash uh, for two reasons. One, um, I do think the value of these top five picks is going to go up because there are some high highly talented players who going to the right landing spot is gonna you know really grow their hype after the nfl draft um two i do agree with john's rankings i love jackson smith and jigba i have him at the 1.04 right now and i would potentially take him over all the 2022 uh rookie wide receiver class um so i would slightly lean those guys over london and part of the reason too is because 
as good as, as London was towards the back half of that year, you know, one, uh, Pitts was hurt, right, which mm-hmm. kind of concentrated that target share even more. And two, I am a little bit concerned that Arthur Smith really wants to pound the rock in Atlanta, despite having Pitts and London. And, you know, what does that mean for London in fantasy as well as Pitts? Because we saw that that really tanked their fantasy value in 2022. And that remains a murky situation going forward, even assuming they get a quarterback upgrade. I like it. Uh, It was actually last week on the pod, John and I both moved you know, we moved Smith and Jigba above Gibbs into that four spot. I thought for sure you were going to smash London. Mike, I I personally have it, Wilson, and then I have I have London and the 104 just almost dead even. I slightly prefer the 104 with, with Smith and Jigba, but I'm seeing a lot of reports of Smith and Jigba not having that same kind of draft capital. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Drake London both went top 10. We've seen it a little bit. If I come to you the same way and I say, hey, you got Drake London, I got the 104, and I offer you that, is that a smash or a pass for you? I, I would smash that, yeah. So, you know, much like Mung said, um, that 104 is going to increase in value in London. Unless they get a new quarterback, it's not going to jump like the 104 is going to jump, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur Smith has showed that he doesn't care what kind of draft capital those wideouts have you know, in, on that team, whether it's um, that high capital they spent on Pitts or, or London, they're still not getting the target share that they, I think the community, the fantasy community thinks that they deserve. So, I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's no signs pointing to that changing over there um, unless Arthur Smith goes or unless, you know, there's an upgrade from Ritter. Um, not to say that Ritter didn't improve um, the last few games, but uh, I just – can see the 104 eclipsing London's value by a lot um, towards the the draft, towards the NFL draft, and then towards the rookie draft itself. Well, and the um, insulation and, of the 104 is, let's say Jameer Gibbs goes to Buffalo, or let's say Jameer Gibbs goes to, you know, one of those electric situations, or, or you know, Miles Sanders. We have a lot going on. There's a lot to unpack, a lot of moving parts, but Miles Sanders goes away and Jameer Gibbs goes to the Eagles, you know, and we have one of those kind of scenarios that there's always more insulation. There's always more you know, directions you can go when you have the 104. Everybody wants to move up. It's like when you have a startup pick, right? Once you draft that player, you you eliminate some of the guys from your trade partners, right? Like not everybody in your league wants Drake London, but everybody in your league wants 104 is what I'm kind of hearing from both of you guys is that value is going to continue to increase with rookie fever. Not so much that JSN is that much more elite than what Drake London would be. And I, I love JSN. I did a thread on him. The other guy that's in that area is Chris Olave. You know, and you guys put 74% of you guys would rather have Olave than the 105. And it was 56-44 for the 104. So, I mean, Mike, if you're on this on the clock right now, and let's take the rookie picks out of this, you got Olave or you got London. And this is one where, you know, it's it's kind of a split camp. I don't value either of them necessarily that much higher than the 104, but I value both of them over the 105. Yeah, I I value London. Um, I would say a good amount higher than I, I value Olave. Um, I just think London has the ceiling where Olave, we saw him have probably the best case scenario. You know, people kind of look at, um, his quarterback situation. And, and I think he had the best situation 
um, that any of the rookies had by far. That's because, sad to say because it's Andy Dalton, right? But it really I was. Mean, he, and when when you have so the thing is though, when you have a guy that's been in the league for that long, they don't care. They don't right. care about their stats. They don't care about throwing interceptions. They don't right. care about anything. They're just trying to get some wins, and they're just whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Go home and spend time with their family. So they'll throw the yellow balls. They'll throw those balls in coverage. They'll do whatever. You know, that target share is going to be way up. Um, they're going to get the looks. They're going to see – it's just – it's perfect. It's like Joe Flacco with Wilson. You know, he didn't care. He's just throwing the ball up there. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't care if you have three guys on you. You know, he's just going to throw the ball to you. Um so, I mean, I, I don't see Olave boosting up his value um, significantly. Well, and we knew yes. we knew from year one, I mean, like when we had Matt Waldman on, he said Olave was the most pro-ready, and that was his wide receiver one of the class. And he, we knew from year one he was – he was he was ready to go, right? He was a guy that was going to jump in and he was going to produce. Then it's just the ideal situation. Michael Thomas gets hurt. Jarvis Landry goes down. And then all of a sudden – but you can't deny, I mean – 10th in the league in targets per route run, open rate 7th, 7th yards per route run, 10th. I mean, over 1,000 yards as a wide receiver and, you know, really should have been one of those finalists for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Mung, how close do you have both, you know, like I feel like there's a huge gap, right? We have we have Wilson and then we have, you know, we have uh, Alave and we have London and then we got a big gap once we drop down to the next guy in this class. But how close do you have Alave and London in your rankings? So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go the opposite direction on this one from you guys because I have Wilson, London and Alave all in the same tier um alongside, you know, Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson as of right now because Ooh. I think See, we have it right I, now as Wilson and Smith and uh, and Smith and Jigba, London, Alave, and then what with the 105, which is for Gibbs for me, and then 106, 107 right now. John has 106 as Evans, I have it as Addison, and then I have seven as Quinton Johnson's as that next tier down. But go ahead, go ahead. I was just clarifying a little bit. So we we have most of those guys in that same tier, just not Addison and Johnson. Right, and I think where my disagreement stems is I, I think if anything, Alave has a ton of room to grow. Uh, because he managed to do what he did, you know, on pace for offensive rookie of the year prior to the injury with, again, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill, and Pete Carmichael, who wouldn't even use Alvin Kamara, um, where that offense was just so, so bad. And Olave managed to do what he did despite all that. And I do think that depending on who they hire down there, and whether or not they can make a quarterback upgrade of some kind. Hey, they I got a 23 think... first today. Yeah, exactly. For right? Sean Payton. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, great, great management by the Saints as always. Um, and I think that's why I do believe in them, right? Because they, they traded up to get Olave. So clearly they believe in him. Um, they've been good at scouting wide receivers historically. And I do think that Olave has elite top five potential not that far off from Garrett Wilson, Drake London. And, and so my current valuation would be within that, you know, one, three, one, four to one, seven, one, eight range. If you can get any of these 2022 receivers plus, you know, a second or a couple seconds, um, then I would consider selling for those guys. But on the flip side, if you could, get you know the 104 or one through 108 plus a second for any of those guys i would you know make that move in reverse because i think that 
entire area of the draft is very fluid as of right now. I like it. So this a little bit off script. We're kind of like rolling here with it. Let, let's talk about this a little bit, Mike. Is like with the way I look at it is I almost have Olave as maybe someone in my rankings who very very close to like T Higgins, where he would be borderline wide receiver one, but he's going to be a perfect you know wide receiver two in that area where I have the other two a little bit higher. And I know we're splitting hairs, but talk to me a little bit about what you were a little bit off on Alave and, and Mung was up a little bit more. Talk to me a little bit more to kind of convince that. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm off on Alave. I would just say that I don't see his value going up the way I see London's is what I was trying to get at. Okay. You know, as far as London is going to boom. I think he's going to, he hasn't even scraped his potential as far as I'm concerned. Um, whereas Alave already kind of showed us what he is. Um, so that's the difference right. in, in value for me. I want to take the guy that hasn't even touched where we think he's going to be, as opposed to we already kind of saw what Olave is. Um, and then not, not to say that, you know, that's a bad thing, but I'm a little more risk adverse where it comes to, you know, I want the guy that's going to grow in value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to kind of put him against picks, I have Olave with Addison in the sense that Addison is going to be the most pro ready wide receiver um, of this class. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see Addison being, the Olave of this class. Um, so it's it's kind of hard for me to put him over Addison. Yeah. Um, well, and, and John and I were talking about that is like the ext- – and w- when you're looking at those elite top five to eight dynasty wide receivers, you're looking for a guy that separates, you're looking at a guy that has the athleticism, that's going to get the target share. And I think Addison checks all those boxes except the extreme athleticism. Like he seems like a guy who's going to need to be – like you said, we John and I were talking where he's pro ready. I feel like he's a rock solid back end wide receiver one, wide receiver two for five to eight years, set it and forget it. But I don't think he has that same upside that Jackson Smith and Jigba has, that Wilson has, that London has. In in my you know early tape, and he was one of the first threads that I did. I love everything I see about him, but that athleticism, that ability to take it to the next level isn't quite the same. Yeah, he doesn't have the big play that that um, JSN has. He doesn't have that ability to to kind of break it loose um, and then break the, the game wide open um, with that. And I think that's that what's making him speed. affordable. Like I'm seeing I'm seeing mocks now that people are getting him at 1-9, 1-10, starting to push these quarterbacks up. And that's why I keep talking about that smash zone, that 108 to 112. And, and John and I are going to talk about the seconds, but that area there, man, like some of these guys, Quentin Johnson's a guy that's fallen into there too, which, you know, we don't want to talk too much about the 23 rookies, but that guy's ceiling is tremendous. You know, his floor is nowhere near what Addison's is, but his ceiling is phenomenal. Like he is absolutely electric. Another guy. So let's talk about the next tier there. So we got 106, 107. We'll call that Addison and Quentin Johnson, you know, for our, our purposes here. We're looking at Burks, 108, Jameson, Watson, and 109. That's exactly how how I had it. Um, the way that, that Twitter, you know, voted out on this one. They had Traylon Burks at 51% versus the 108 at 49%. Mike, are you taking it? You, you smashing someone's, you got Traylon Burks, and I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, bro, I'll give you the 108 for Traylon Burks today. Smash or pass? I know Burks is your guy. That's why this one's a little bit tricky. Yeah, I, so to touch on what you just said, you know, the, the class itself is so fluid where I'm seeing, like you said, you know, Addison can go at the 108. Um, 
QJ's going at the 108. Zach Evans going at the 108. You know, it's a different thing. Every time I do a mock, a different guy's at the 108. So it's really hard for me to even decide whether I want to do that. Um, and I think I the think- tricky part of this is like all those kind of things, those, those picks are going to continue to be fluid. It's just the idea right now is to talk about these 22 rookies and is it valid to have them in that area? You know what I mean? Like everybody's has, if you look at it, the way the Twitter poll goes, if you look at most rankings, I mean, they have Burks in the 108 neck and neck. And now it's like, if you're in a startup, that 108 is a little bit more fluid, but Burks is the same kind of guy where you're looking at, he did not have optimal quarterback play. I mean, you look at um, the, what his, his statistics were not anything that were mind blowing, you know, 47 targets in 10 games, 425 yards and, and one touchdown. Uh, but the thing for me that I, that I saw out there was like Traylon Burks went from 78% slot alignment in college, 78% all the way down to 17, you know, this past year, no one's done that where they, they've had to change them completely since what, you know, Justin Jefferson did. He went increased by 72% playing more on the outside. If they were able to use him, I mean, we know this is a guy who has an elite ceiling. If they use him like a Debo Samuel, if they use him a little bit more and utilize him. So Talk to me about Burks and then talk to me about we going eight, we going Burks. What do you want? Yeah. Okay. So I love Burks. I think everyone knows I love Burks. Um, he's one of my top guys in that class. And um, you are right where they misused him. You know, they didn't really play into his, his talent level and to his specific skills. And they tried to use him, um, you know, just they didn't, they didn't take advantage of it. Um, you know how many carries he had on the season? Four. Zero, right? Four. four. He had four carries for 47 yards, and it's like you got a struggling offense. How are you not incorporating that more in? I mean, it was just mind-blowing to me because what you saw from him, he is a yak monster. You get him, you know, we were talking about if he goes the right situation with bubble screens and someone that can utilize him, like a Shanahan, the dude has that kind of dual threat where he's not necessarily as polished. He's got great body control, you know, on the sidelines and the way, you know, contact balance and things like that. But as far as like pure wide receiver, yeah, he wasn't going to be the same as an Olave or a, you know, a, a Wilson or that sense. But Tennessee just ruined that potential year one. Yeah, maybe on purpose, to be honest. Because okay. I don't know. You know, I hate it's Tennessee and they're they're looking for the best possible pick, I think. I don't know. It, it just didn't make any sense to me to draft and not use him the way that he should be used. But um, I think I'll take Burks over the 108. Okay. We're, we're going to stick would... with players that people love. Mung, Jamison Williams. Now, I, I got to hear a, a little bit of talk. I mean, obviously, year one was was a letdown. I mean, we were expecting, you know, if he play, if you, if I told you he played six games and had one catch, you wouldn't believe me. You know, but it was a matter of reintroducing him into the offense, getting him healthy and things like that. The Twitter poll we have out there right now says – 49% want Williams, 51% would want that 109. So it looks like Twitter's favoring Traylon Burks a little bit over Jamison Williams at this point. Jamison Williams, you know, in a lot of areas is a screaming buy. People are willing to, you know, give him for a random 24 first. Mung, I come to you today and I say, hey, I got the 109. You got Jamison Williams. Will you trade him to me? Smash or pass? And tell me how, how high we should be on Jamison Williams because he's all over the place in startups. Like these other guys are pretty – Pretty standard where they're at, but he is all over, up and down. Yeah, I would smash Jamison Williams there. Um, I much prefer him over Traylon Burks. And I, I know we 
the the two of you and I disagree quite a bit on Traylon Burks, um, even dating back to last offseason. Uh, when I looked at him, my comp was Jordan, Jordan Matthews. Um, and I think the reason Tennessee did not use him like Debo Samuels, because he doesn't have that kind of speed when you put him into the NFL, uh, where I really think the level of competition in the NFL, you know, obviously I didn't watch a ton of Titans games um, all the way through, but going back and watching Traylon Burks in specifically, I just don't think he has the speed to really generate that yards after catch that he showed in college. And I saw him get tackled multiple times from behind and really just not be able to, you know, create that kind of production after the catch. So for me, I much prefer the potential of Jameson Williams. And I know that we didn't get to see him a whole lot. And when we did, it was with Jared Goff, who we don't necessarily associate with, you know, attacking downfield. So I think Williams is a risk-reward play because a lot depends on what Detroit does at quarterback because if they do decide to stick with Jared Goff, I don't know that we're going to see a ton of shots to him, even though you know we may get to see him schemed into space to create. Uh, but for me, I, I much prefer Jameson Williams over – you know, that one seven, one eight range, uh, along with Traylon Burks. And I think this is where you can move around a little bit. You know I mean? Like, I, I think, I think the difference for, I mean, Burks, I haven't seen, he had the highest, like speed rate out of, out of college in 2021 with 22.6 miles per hour on a breakaway. So once he gets going, it's, it's a little bit different, but maybe in, in open space, I love Jamison Williams, Mike, I know you've been picking him up somewhere. We, we Mung, you and I literally led that train where it was like, this is the guy you get in a year one punt. This is the guy you go after in a rebuild now, right? Like people were giving him up for, you know, 24 firsts and they were just throwing him out there. like underselling Jamison Williams everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Jamison Williams comes pretty cheap um, from startup value right now. I think he's come, come, coming coming out of the seventh or eighth, I believe. Uh, hold on. I think I'm skipping here. Um, so, yeah, he's he, he's a good value. Um, I, I think he's going to he's going to definitely boom this year after um, a full offseason with the team and, and getting a little more acclimated and, and getting that usage that. Um, you know, we were kind of hoping he would get towards the end of the year. Um, but since you're a big Amon Ross St. Brown guy, and I want to hear both of your takes <clears> on this is how does, how does Amon Ross St. Brown with a full season of Jamison Williams, what kind of breakdown do we get there? And if you're trying to either one go from, cause I hear a lot of people say, Hey, I don't want to have two guys in the same wide receiver court. That doesn't bother me in dynasty. But if I want to go from Jamison Williams to Amon Ross St. Brown, what do I got to add? Or on the flip side, would you rather go the other way and get Jamison Williams plus for Amon Ross St. Brown? So talk to me first about how you see the breakdown and then talk to me a little bit about how you would go about a trade negotiation. We'll start with you, Mike, and then go to Monk. Yeah, um, I don't know if they, because you know Amon is is a target monster, and then Jameson is kind of the big play guy. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to really see a massive dip in Amon from Jameson. Um, I think they can coexist pretty well together. So he um, almost comes in and takes Sharks role plus. Yeah, he's going to have well. Sharks role exactly, and then you know he'll definitely um, I think have much higher ceiling than Shark, but. I don't, I don't think you're going to see a huge dip in Amon's um, ability or, or value for that matter. Um, but if I was moving 
off of Amon, I would actually need probably he's he's in the the two first tier right now because he goes yeah. in he's late second is, and late Williams second is in early that first six seven yeah um i would probably need a a mid first on top of jameson right now um so i'd much rather so, go off of Amon to jameson as opposed to putting a first on on jamo to get to to Amon. Um, and Mung, that's got to sound wonderful to you because we've talked about Amon Ross, so St. Brown, so much on Smash Accept and Jamison Williams. I mean, that, that's got to be a buy for you. Talk to me about that situation. And is that the kind of trades that you're seeing out there if you were going from one to the other? Man, if I could get Jamison Williams plus a first for Amon Ross, St. Brown right now, I would oh, smash you can. that very quickly. You absolutely um, can. You know, and, and he wasn't even just saying a first, he's saying a mid. And I feel like what we're really trying to do with Smash or Pass is talk about the updated, you know, dynasty market value. And that that's really where it is right now is it's like you might think that it's a late first, but it's probably somewhere in the mid, even during rookie fever. That's how hot Amon Ross St. Brown is. He's moved up to what dynasty wide receiver six right behind Jalen Waddle by a couple of picks. Yeah, and, and that's a bit too high for me just because I mean, it was really the Amon Ra St. Brown show, right? Along Absolutely. with Jared Goff. And I, I think the comp I would actually make is, you know, look back to Goff when he was with the Rams and how Robert Woods and Cooper Cup really split that target share okay. down the middle. And obviously Goff, you know, loves targeting that slot at times. And, you know, I think Amon Ra St. Brown is going to continue to be very good in both in real life and fantasy. I, I don't think anyone's saying, you know, that his targets are just going to drop off because of Jamison Williams. But I think maybe they they would cap each other's ceiling, you know, assuming that they're co- going to continue to run a similar offense with Goff where he's going to distribute the football, you know, fairly evenly between them and, you know, assuming they pick up a tight end as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mike, the guy that, you know, I, I put this poll out and I, I started doing these tiers and I started doing this in December and – the, the knocks I was getting when I was saying, everybody told me I was way too low on Christian Watson. You know, I had him in that 110 range. You look at the Twitter poll right now, 1-8, 76% would rather have that. 1-9, 68%. He's moved that value-wise to that 110. And it's all got to be based off of speculation of Aaron Rodgers leaving, right? And Jordan Love being down there. Because what he did in 14 games, 66 targets, 611 yards, 7 touchdowns. And it, he is in an area where he averaged 9.3 targets over those final seven games, 2.26 yards per route run. I mean, that is the only five rookies to do that in the last five years is Chase, Jefferson, McLaurin, Brown, and Debo. So, I mean, is this the next star wide receiver or are you, are you, are you passing and taking that 110? Yeah, see, I think his value is a little higher than the 110 right now, even if I don't believe that. I did that too it, before it I put be. this poll. Yeah. A thousand votes. And they're, I mean, like, we're not talking about, you know, you sometimes you see a Twitter poll and you see there's 17 votes. You know, when we do one for ours, I mean, we're talking big time votes. We're not talking about like, hey, me and my uncle voted on this one. I mean, this is kind of gives you an idea of, I know, I know Twitter is the mob, you know, and they kind of, they vote based off of what, what has just happened. But if they come to you and say, 76% right now would take the 108, you know, and then you get down. The only way close was that 110. I also agree. I think he's more of the 108 in my mind, 108, 19. And if someone offered me the 110, I, I would not take that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it, but I think 
you might be able to get a better player with the 110 at the same time. You know, possible, I don't think yeah. his his value is at the 110 per se, but I I think that, um, I might prefer what I can get with that pick at the same time. Um, right, and I we're like getting him. to that area, right? Like we talked about this in 2022, and you and I were talking about it. And and Mung, we said once you got past Jameson, Alave, and Burks in 2022, we're trading for a random 23 first. I saw someone in the Patreon say, "Hey, what are we giving? You know, like at what point are we, you know, bailing on the 23 class and selling for a random 24 first? The answer to me is we're not. You know, like I am not with what I'm seeing falling to that eight through 11 to 12 spot. Like I want that player because I believe that player will be worth more than a random 24 first. You know, if you if you have that situation, this is not the year where I was saying if you're doing this. Get a 23 second and give them a 24 third. You know, get more. This second round is just absolutely loaded. When you hear some of the guys we're going to talk about on the next pod, it is it is loaded. So we're not necessarily advocating just selling any of these towards the latter, latter part of this first round. As you've been saying, I mean, Christian Watson was, was absolutely hot. Now we're saying 110, we'd probably be in that same area, you know, and I think that's, I think that's just a testament to how good this class is going to be, how deep this class is going to be. Mung, another guy, and I know we're trying to keep the time moving here. George Pickens was someone that Dynasty Twitter absolutely fell in love with. I mean, he he makes some phenomenal one-handed catches. You look at things, I mean, he finished 800 yards, 52 receptions as a rookie with another, like all of our 22 rookies, right, playing with poor quarterback play. Kenny Pickett started to pick it up there towards the end a little bit. Um among the 59 wide receivers with 70 plus targets, he's number one in contested catches. We know he makes those beautiful catches. Is it highlight films or is this a player that we should necessarily be trusting versus right now Twitter says he's even with the 112. You know, a month ago I said 110 and I was getting ripped up. Now you see these players starting to back up a little bit in comparison to picks. So first talk to me about Pickens and then smash or pass the 112 or George Pickens. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower on both uh, Pickens and Watson here. I okay. would lean those first round picks uh, in the late range. And again, I'm still early in my 2023 research, but I mean, looking at the guys going in that range, I, I like both Sean Tucker and Tank Bigsby quite a bit, uh, depending on where they end up. I think both of them could be uh, you know, contributors as soon as week one of their rookie years. Well, we got to look um, at that, right? Like, is as far as we talk about the big five, but then it's like if Zach Evans goes to the right place, or we're not even moving these running backs up yet. We're not even talking about that. That Will Levis and and Richardson likely both go in the first. We, whoever goes to Miami, that is a beautiful situation, right? There's so many running back needy situations where Bigsby, Charbonnet, you know. Tucker, they're going to get bumped up there, so these values are going to continue to drop. And sorry, I just get excited with twenty-three first, so I got to <laughs> I got to interject in. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Um, and I think my issue with Watson and Pickens are, I, I think they'll be great in best ball. I, I don't know how reliable they're going to be from week to week because they certainly make those splash plays and they're very good on certain catches. But I, I just don't know that they're worth paying up for when you can get. I don't know, say like a Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? For a late Ooh. second or early third, something along Mike, those lines. Mike's eyes just perked up there a little bit. He said DPJ. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just don't know that they're those true difference makers that you look for on your fantasy roster. I think they're contributors at a wide receiver two, wide receiver three level. Um, and for me, I think especially with 
still the hype of this 2023 rookie class, you're going to be able to get those guys plus for the one nine one ten in a few months, if not now. Mike, Josh Brown was the guy we were kind of getting everything going. That's at JB under Shepard when we were talking about this. And his boy, we know he's a big Commanders fan. And uh, 112 or Jahan Dotson, 54% said that they would prefer the 112. It's almost dead even with the 201. I come to you today and I say, yo, I'm going to give you the 201 for Jahan Dotson. Smash or pass? And a little bit extra on this one, what kind of Oreo would you consider Jahan Dotson to be? Yeah, I would smash the 201. And I think Dotson is he's like the um the gingerbread one, you know, where you can it's it's an extra it's an extra sweet Oreo. So they make this gingerbread one and it's like they put way too much sugar in it and it's the the cake itself is a little too I don't know, it's not a normal Oreo. So he's not it's not that it's not good. You just can't have a lot of it, you know. You is it a lazy maybe, take? that I was leaning towards the red velvet once just because of the color matches the commander's color, you know, and I got to give a shout out to one of our listeners. I play in a league with him. His son that's Mike young. His son one time had the, uh, had those red velvet Oreos smeared it all over the carpet. It did not come out. It, that, the dye that's been put in Oreos and Mung, if you don't like in the Patreon, they're always just referencing those two guys. Shout out to Josh. We, we miss you, buddy. You know, we wanted to just throw a little Jahan Dotson takes in your, I mean, Mike, we're looking at a guy, 523 yards, seven touchdowns, but five drops and just 61 targets. So, I mean, half of Twitter loves him. The other half is like, Hey, let's move him. I, I really like him. I, I love Dotson, actually. Um, I just really love this class, and I think that you're going to get some crazy value at the beginning of the second. You know? You're talking about um, the 2020 class when Higgins and, and JJ went at yes. the, the beginning of the second. You know? you're, you're talking about that kind of draft. You're going to push all that value. You know, People like Downs, Hyatt, those, those, are, those would be first-round picks in 2022. I know yep. that we're talking about these, these, rookie, these rookie wide receivers – um, now for that class, but they would be a first round pick easily. You know, they'd be going over guys like Watson and, and Dotson in a second um, mm-hmm. because that's the kind of profile they have in college. Um, so it's just a testament to all the value that's going to be pushed back to the second round. For both of you guys, I got to ask right now, we're, we're, let's talk strictly 22 rookie wide receivers. Out of the guys that we've talked about, maybe some of the guys we haven't talked about, who is your biggest buy low candidate and who is your biggest sell high? Based off of what we've said, you know, based off trades that you guys get tagged in trades all the time, you know, and, and who, is among, who is your biggest buy out of that 22 class? Is it one of the guys that we mentioned or is it a, is it a Wandale Robinson, a, a, you know, a David Bell, a John Mechie? Who is that biggest buy for you out of this class right now? Yeah, it's Jahan Dotson because uh, I think people are super off of him because he plays for Washington. Um, and I think people are also thinking he's touchdown dependent because a lot of his production did come due to, to touchdowns as mm-hmm. a rookie. But at the same time, um, he was phenomenal. I, I mean, looking back at some of the plays that he made with some off-target throws, and I mean, his quarterbacks were Wentz. Uh, Howell looked okay in his one start against Dallas, and uh, oh, Taylor Heineke. I, I mean, I I don't know that any quarterback situation was worse than Washington in 2022. Uh, I think Dotson 
you know, he's a guy that I missed on who I wasn't super high on last off season when I was going through my rookies and, you know, better late than never, but you know, there's mm-hmm. time to rectify your mistakes, right? It's never too late. And I, I would rather have Dotson over Christian Watson. Um, I would take Dotson over uh, who else did we talk about uh, Pickens. Um, and I would consider Dotson over Traylon Burks as well. And that's how high I am on him. And I think that, his stock is someone that I'm definitely looking to buy low on if you can get him for a second round. For both of you guys, if you're doing that, if you're trying to, you know, you drafted Burks and you, or you don't or or Watson, how much difference, Mike, in value could you get on top of Jahan Dotson if that's the deal? So I mean, a lot of times we try to look at those guys and we assess those breakouts. And if that buy low is Deshaun, or Jahan Dotson for you, and you have Traylon Burks, what kind of value difference are you looking at between those two players? Um, I would. Uh... Could you get a 23 second? So, yeah. Oh, I absolutely. You know, if we're, if we're valuing Burks at the 108 right now and we're talking about Dotson at the 112, 201, there's a, a 23 second difference in those pick values, I think, personally. Um, so, if that's where their value is um, in the market, I think you easily get a 23 second or you could do a swap. Um, you know, if you. If you you maybe I love doing the first second swap. I don't I don't think it happens in this scenario, but mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm collecting 24 first everywhere I can right now. Even 25 first, I would I would try to collect those at the moment as well. So people are asking that you know, Mike. We talk about it a lot. We talk about that 24 one two flop or that two three, and people are like, what do you mean? You know, and it's like you just take your pick. You know, it, it seems real basic, but I had six or seven people like they're new to the listeners and they want to say, what does that even mean? You're like, you're giving up your second to get there first, and a lot of times it's that extra sweetener, right? For you, it insulates your trade a little bit better, even if it's a two three swap. Sometimes that could be a huge difference between say two o two and. 308 you know like a lot of times john and i talk about we're, we're perpetually winning so we do that with our third round picks because that 312 versus what might be a 2-4 is a huge gap especially in a year like this so i like that a lot mike who would be your biggest buy out of this group um right now i can't stop buying london um because he was kind of going as the wide receiver one um in the in most drafts last year. And now he's not viewed as the wide receiver one of this class. So mm-hmm. um, it's really nice. I think you can, you can get London um, plus for Olave right now, you know, for, for example, even though we're talking about taking London um, over him in, you know, current value and, and comparing him to the 23 class. Um, I think a lot of the community still views Olave as um, a better player than mm-hmm. London, um, just based off of that last season. So if you can use last season to get London Plus for Olave, I, I strongly suggest doing it. I like that cascade there. I mean, I know last week I was really trying to say I'm moving off, say, A.J. Brown for Wilson and a ton. Right now, I, I've the ship has sailed. I can't buy Garrett Wilson every, anywhere. I went out there and all 15 of my leagues, no one's even budging. So now this week, I've, I've gone after London, and I, I just saw a trade from at Jerry Betts. Mung, I'm going to let you handle this one first, and I know Smash accepts the trades. We're kind of more talking value, but, I mean, I just saw a guy, you know, he gets Drake London. He gave up uh, George Pickett in the 109. So you're looking at Pickett, which is going that 110 to 12 range. You're looking at two late firsts or Drake London. Both you guys, I mean, is that a smash or a pass for you? Are you taking London or are you taking two late firsts? 
wait, you said you said Pickett. Did you mean Pickens? Pickens, or... Pickett, Pickens in one hundred and nine. My apologies. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I would lean London unless you think you can sell the one hundred and nine for more on the clock in a few months' time. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean the value is definitely on Pickens in the pick. Um, but that's only if you are a mover. I think that makes sense for you. If you plan, like Monk said, just moving off of one of those pieces immediately um, and then, you know, kind of getting back that. Um, so it's a, a cascading trade where you kind of look at it at the end and you got, um, you know, some some really good piece for your, for your team. So you can look at that really good piece plus pickings or plus the 109. Um, as opposed to just pickings in the 109. So you can kind of move off of those pieces and make it a bigger trade. Um, but, you know, straight up within a vacuum, I think I still take London, um, you know, without moving any of those pieces and without, you know, thinking about um, kind of moving off of that. Um, I think I, I would definitely take the, the better player in London over those. Yeah, and I, I had Cross one bus. London share I sold for what were, at the time, two random 23 firsts ended up being 106 and 108, and I'm happy with that, you know, because there I feel like I'm going to get probably Addison and Quinton Johnson, you know, a two-for-one kind of deal. Mung, um, on the flip side, out of everybody there, and I know you mentioned some of them and maybe there's other guys on the list, who's that biggest sell for you right now where we're, we're trying to cash out, we're trying to get that 22 value, and we're trying to move it into a 23 first or 23 second and so who's that guy and what are you trying to get for him based off of what we've been talking about yeah well real quick one more buy low for me um mm-hmm. not from the 2022 class but again i'll give a little bonus take for those listeners who stick with us till we the usually end of the episodes. yeah we always do these around like the 57 <laughs> to 60 minute mark I, I think a big buy low right now is rashad bateman because his stock mm-hmm. has really fallen um, I, he's a guy that I would take, you know, over Christian Watson, um, over Burks and over Pickens in that range over Dotson as well. Um, because we saw him really flash when he was healthy. And the biggest indicator for me is they parted ways with Greg Roman. Uh, it sounds like they want Lamar Jackson back and they want to open up the passing offense a little bit. So, uh, a healthy Bateman coming back next year, uh, I'll be in on him, uh, a lot at his current cost. Um, and then the sell high for me is Garrett Wilson, just because uh, like you both said, I think he's in that same tier for me as London Olave, where a lot of people have him in a clear tier above. And so again, depending on what you can get on top of Olave or London or any of those, you know, top five rookie picks, I would look to potentially sell Wilson uh, despite how good he was. And despite how good I do think he will be. Same question for you, Mike. Biggest sell out of this out of this twenty two class. Maybe it's none, but who's that guy? Who are you selling? Yeah, I love that. I think all my sells are situational. You know, I think if if Rogers went to the Jets um, and Wilson, all of a sudden, like Monk said, goes above the one hundred and three um, in value. I mm-hmm. think he, Wilson b- becomes a sell, even if I don't want to do it. I think I have to do it at that point because you know if you're going to get that much value for for a player, if you can see even if you love a player and you see their value go to a point where you don't think they can ever go above that point you have to sell them and that's the hardest part of dynasty for me is taking players that i absolutely love seeing their value go through the roof and then sell them 
and then maybe buy them back again at a cheaper price. And that's why um, tiers are so important, yeah. right? We talk about navigating those tiers. And if you can, I know Mung, Mung and I talk about it all the time, where it's like, hey, if you have Wilson, Olave, and London in the same tier, move down, you know, add a little bit of value, and maybe you can buy them back there in the end. I mean, guys, this was a fun episode. I, hopefully we gave you guys enough content and enough you know, information that you can guys can go out there and feel comfortable with your, you know, evaluations of the 23 first class of what the 22s are going to be, you know, how they're going to be moving in the process. Uh, and for our closing, you know, we know at Smash Except we always say, and it's been my thing, enjoy the process. I'm reaching out to you guys, you know. Uh, Mike and I are saying, what what can be the closing? So if any of you guys have literally listened to the 59-minute mark, l- hit us up. You know, what's a great idea to close out with Smash or Pass? But for now, thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Oh, Mung, 